0: Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and best practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. The kinetic enterprise built to evolve. Let's see what the buzz is today. I have a quote from Bloomberg.com. Listen up. Data is a critical input to risk management practices across industries. So it follows that the exponential increase in the volumes of data from people, businesses, and sensors will have an enormous impact on how firms approach this critical process. So I have a key question for all of you in our listening audience around the world. Listen up and I want an honest answer. I can't hear you, but I think I can see your heads nodding in agreement. Is risk management keeping your organization's leaders awake at night and worrying throughout the day? Mm hmm. I see you. I see you around the world. Well, they can rest easier if they better understand how leading technology advances such as, and this will come as no surprise, machine learning. You all know about that and robotic process automation, which we call RPA can help improve their risk management and lower the cost of compliance and, even better, free up their valuable human resources to enable the kinetic enterprise. That's what we're talking about. Now, a note about Deloitte presenting the show. Deloitte maintains its strength in risk and compliance management by having a dedicated risk and financial advisory practice. And good news, we're having a panel of leaders from that group here today to discuss how they have harnessed the power of technology in areas such as financial transaction and data modeling, treasury management, cyber, and commodity management, and I know that impacts companies around the world. In a moment, we'll be hearing introductions. They will introduce themselves from von Thuppel, an advisory managing director for Deloitte, Kevin Heckel, advisory manager, managing director for Deloitte also, Tian Huang. She is a senior manager in Deloitte's risk and financial advisory practice, and Kevin McWhorter, a principal and Deloitte's accounting information science leader, and that's such an important title. It's trademark. So, join us for the Kinetic Enterprise, changing the game in risk management through technology. Now, let's have our panelists please introduce yourselves. Keshavan Thuppel, you're up first. Please tell the listeners what you do and what your passion is for this topic.
2: Absolutely. Hello. Good morning, everyone. I'm Keshavan Thuppel, Managing Director with Deloitte and one of the leaders in our treasury and risk management practice and lead our SAP treasury services. Just a brief brief background. I'm doing consulting for over 20 years now, focusing on finance and treasury transformations and uh, technology implementations and helping clients with the banking strategy, cash management and in-house banking solutions, FX risk management strategy and the whole suite of risk mitigation and hedge accounting solutions. I've done a lot of SAP implementation over the years across these functions and also presented on various external events and conferences on Treasury topics like liquidity management and cash forecasting techniques, Treasury transformation, business case, and so on. I really love what I do and enjoy what I do. That is, being in the market, understand, analyze various financial risk risk factors that affect businesses, how they impact operations and margins, and I love to come up with the creative ideas and share my perspectives and thoughts with corporate clients and help them solve the problems and hedge against future risk factors. That's uh, briefly me and great to be part of the discussion.
1: Thank you, Keshevan. appreciate that. And I think you used the word exciting, and I love to hear that from panelists. It sounds like you're in this big job of impacting companies all over the world and glad to know that you have a passion and excitement for what you do. Looking forward to your contributions today. Thank you for joining us. Kevin Heckel. you're no stranger to me. You've been on Game Changers Radio <laughs> with me and glad to have you here. So, Kevin Heckel, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone?
3: Yeah, good morning, everyone. I'm Kevin Heckel, managing director in Deloitte Fiber, uh, practice uh, here in the U.S. and I lead our alliance for SAP in that role. Uh, I've been with the firm for over 20 years. I, I won't go into all the details there, but I actually grew up as a security configurator in the ERP space and now, as I said, I've evolved to lead the SAP space. So super excited about the time we are in right now. Uh, If I think back over the years, really we are focused on the application and getting the application, the roles right, enabling users uh, and just avoiding, candidly, year 2000 uh, paranoia when I first joined the firm. And we've evolved through compliance, through Sarbanes and all of of those efforts too. Right now, I think we're really at, at a interesting tipping point where, uh, as we'll talk about, and the reason I have a passion for today's topic is, what can we do? Like, the art of the possible uh, from a broader cyber perspective now, and with, with the technology advancements we've made, the the ERP, the application backbone, is not this black box. It's actually now connected to the enterprise, and there's there's a robust amount of opportunity for us from a security control compliance perspective to really leverage and harness the power of that, not just to meet the security requirements, but to enable a cyber wise organization and figure out how do we utilize this and stay ahead of the game in cyber, as well as some of these other risk areas that we'll talk about today. So super excited to have that discussion. Bonnie, it's great to be back with you. I enjoyed uh, when I was on Game Changers a few years ago, several years ago. Uh, So I just look forward to this conversation and appreciate the opportunity.
1: Thank you very much. And you brought back memories of Y2K, Kevin. (laughs) Whoa. Many of us lived through that professionally and personally. That was a very interesting time. Thank you. Now let's welcome another newcomer, Tian Huang. Welcome, Tian. Tell us who you are, please.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am a senior manager out of Deloitte's financial and risk advisory practice. Um, I have been doing IT implementations um, more or less SAP for the past 10 years. Um, I am based out of Houston, so naturally that means most of my clients are focused on the oil and gas and energy industry, although I've recently had um, a tremendous opportunity to kind of branch out and um, look into the agriculture space and kind of get Mm. a whole new world opened up there in terms of how we get our food to our table. Um, So, very appreciative, very eye-opening experience for sure. Um, So, I am actually super excited to talk about this because in terms of technology, I've noticed just, and I'm sure everybody else on the panelists has, we've noticed that there's just been a shift of new, you know, quote-unquote, cool technologies even in, you know, some of our legacy systems. So I've just been getting on a handful of ad hoc calls, talking to clients, talking to some of our practitioners, um, thinking through, you know, how can we, you know, leverage uh, blockchain? How do we leverage, you know, deep analytics um, in some of our, you know, typically, you know, um, non-traditional applications? Thank you very much. Gian, I have a question for you.
1: How did you get into this field? You certainly have an interesting background. Just a, a quick curiosity.
4: Well, uh, to be honest, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's just kind of naturally evolved. Um, I will say that I did not uh, think in a million years that I would be spending my career in IT solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all started, If you know, if I had to go a little bit um, personal here, it all kind of started in college when I was working at a nonprofit. And they said, hey, you know, we've got this Excel system that for our accounting softwares that we just want to get off of, and I just went, I don't really know Excel, but I can try to figure it out. <laughs> <And> from there, <laughs> as anybody who has ever worked in any office setting, Excel is the lifeline, especially to a trader. And from there, I just started learning um, some of the Excel codes, some of you know those formulas, and I, I guess people liked what I did and started giving me SAP instead. <laughs> Wow,
1: very interesting. Thank you. I wanted to inspire some of our listeners. You have to be, I think, Tian, you and I both know from our career past, you have to be in the moment, willing to take chances and risks and always be a lifelong learner. I'll just leave it at that. Thank you so much for sharing. Ryan McWhorter is sitting next to Tian around the table. Ryan, please introduce yourself and what's your passion for this topic?
5: Sure. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, Ryan McWhorter. I'm a principal at Deloitte and lead our accounting information science offering, like you were saying, Bonnie. Uh, where we really work on getting organizations higher quality, more accessible financial information and funny when when my clients think about the kinetic enterprise getting decision mm-hmm. financial information it's no longer a fixed desti- fixed destination it's really an evolution because the business is is a moving target daily um, and so how come uh, how companies manage risk around that can be a barrier to progress because if management doesn't trust the information, then they're likely going to do two things. One, they're not going to use the information. Um, and two, they're likely not going to extend their capabilities into those areas that you were mentioning earlier, like mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. So this is a very relevant topic today, and I'm excited to be on.
1: I have a question for you, Ryan. Accounting information science. Is this a new area? Is this is this when people go to college or get out of, like, get out and, and are are Starting their career, can they say, I want to specialize in accounting information science? Is it a thing?
5: Yeah, so um, good question. So so there's a lot of information systems majors that are out there. Um, there's also a lot of um, accounting majors and, and and analytics majors, data scientists, etc. cetera. Um, you know, really what we're seeing with our clients in the marketplace is this multidisciplinary need for all of those things to have data mm-hmm. science, information systems, and accounting and finance blend together. And so accounting information science is something at Deloitte um, that, that we very purposely are, are curating those multidisciplinary capabilities and building solutions and products for, for our clients, um, which is, um, you know, again, goes goes right to this topic that we're we're talking about today.
1: Thank you very much. Great to have introductions from my four esteemed panelists. And now we're going to get to the part of the show where I've asked each panelist to send me a quote from a movie, a book, a song, a person famous, not so famous, almost famous on the way to being famous. And to send me the quote, and I'm going to read a little background on each quote and ask them very briefly. Let's keep it to about two minutes to tell me how the quote reminds them of or relates to the topic. So, Kesha Von Thuppel, you're up first, and you have sent us a lovely quote from Elton John. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who doesn't know Elton John however I'll just read one line his full name his performing name is Sir Elton Hercules John followed by the letters C-H-C-B-E he was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight 1947 English singer songwriter pianist composer and he's collaborated with Bernie Taupin on more than 30 albums since 1967 if you haven't seen the movie the biopic about Elton John go see it fabulous here's the quote better to build a bridge than a wall Kechevan how does this Relate to risk management in tech, please.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, in generally, you know, it means being more collaborative and integrated, rather isolated and independent. And it applies to every field, in fact. But when it comes to treasury, our observation in most cases is that treasury tends to be very independent of rest of the organization around treasury team, resources, process systems, one their own treasury management system versus being part of an integrated system, wants to be autonomous in mm-hmm. terms of data and controls. Though there are some merits to it, but the opportunity cost of not being integrated is very high. Being Thank integrated, mm-hmm. a more. Yep. being integrated offers a lot of business benefits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Data, single source of truth, real-time data integration and reporting, better controls and complaints, readiness, and quality of data around forecasting and exposure management as an example, and helps with minimize manual efforts and bring significant cost savings. This is how I relate this, right?
1: Thank you very much. Great quote. And is this going to help risk management professionals sleep better at night, Keshavan? That's our, our goal here is to put their minds at ease. What do you think? Are we on the way? Absolutely. Good. I like that. Thank you. Let me move around the table to Kevin Heckle. Kevin has sent us a quote from Steve Jobs, and I have to tell you, uh, Kevin, that Steve Jobs passed away the day I launched my first Game Changers radio show for SAP October 5th, 2011, so I remember it very well. Anybody doesn't know Steve Jobs, Stephen Paul Jobs, 1955 to 2011, was an American business magnate, industrial designer, investor, and media proprietor. He was the chair and CEO and co-founder of Apple. I'll leave it there. And by the way, this quote is partly originally Steve Jobs and partly originated from a comedian back in the 1930s. The opening line of the quote is being the richest man in the cemetery doesn't matter to me. And here's what Steve Jobs added, going to bed at night saying we've done something wonderful. That's what matters to me. Kevin, how'd you pick this quote? Interesting. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. So uh, several years ago, our former leader of our cyber practice, Ed Powers, uh, came around when he, when he took his role and, and talked to a bunch of us. And really, th- there was a lot of focus on developing at the firm and our talent. And he, he made the point that our research shows that, you know, most people stay at a job or a career for two reasons. One, they find the work challenging and enjoyable and, and have a passion, as you alluded to in our intros, for the work. And two, they enjoy the people that they work with. Um, and, and I really took that to heart uh, several years ago, and I, I continue to preach that to many of my teams that I work with and clients that I work with. And, and I really think it matters. I really think if you know if you're going to do something every day, you better have a passion for it. Uh, you better enjoy it. Better be part, sort of the fabric within what you work. Uh, so from a work perspective, that's how I apply it. And then you know, not to get all personal on you, but at the end of the day, I'm also a father to three boys that are growing up, and and I need them to not focus on having the latest and greatest game, but focus really on those relationships, what they're doing in the world and how that's going to matter and make a difference uh, throughout their lives as well. So I guess both from a personal and professional uh, perspective, that's a good quote that I try to live by.
1: Thank you. Words of wisdom. And it's fine to mention family and background like Tia was talking about how she got started in this field. That's fine. We're just trying to be real people having a really good business conversation here as real human being. So thank you, Kevin. Appreciate that. Tian Huang, I'm, I'm around the table to you, and you've sent us a very interesting quote from Alan Kay. Alan Curtis Kay, still with us, born in 1940, I can almost call him a young man, is an American computer scientist. And interestingly, Tian, he is a former professional jazz guitarist, composer, and theatrical designer and an amateur classical pipe organist. Uh, he is has been elected a fellow of the American Academy of Arts and Science, the National Academy of Engineering and the Royal Society of Arts. He uh, did pioneering work on object-oriented programming and windowing graphical user interface design. We call that GUI we used to. Here's the quote. Fascinating. Technology is anything that wasn't around when you were born. <laughs> I have to laugh at this. <laughs> Please, I come from a programming background where I was key punching uh, coding in COBOL on an uh, 0x6 CP5 and then PL1 on an... I IBM 4341 when we originally got rid of the key punch deck. So, uh, yeah, technology is near and dear to me. Go ahead, Tian. How would you pick this quote? Love it.
4: Well, you know, it was it was, it was an interesting story. Um, and you know, I always, whenever I'm in meetings, especially with some of our young, uh, fresh out of college recruit, I always have to refrain from from dating myself on some of the technology that I that I used to use. And one of them, oddly enough, was you know the the floppy disk. And so I realized. And talking to some of these young folks, that you know, whenever we hit save, the save button on a Microsoft Outlook or PowerPoint or Excel, but button, that button is a floppy disk. Yet none of our new hires and the folks that are entering the workforce now has even has even used a floppy disk. Yes, it's something that's so integral. To all the applications they're using now, so that was just kind of a, a funny side story and a funny conversation that I had because I went, you know, I remember when I was using a floppy disk, and they're just <laughs> going with that. <laughs> I'm like, it's that same button that you click all the time. Um, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, yes, um, especially when I'm talking to some of the newer folks, and they talk about, you know, robotics, process automation. Um, you know, even things like the Uber and Lyft and Airbnb apps, um, and how that relates to some of our business today. I mean, it's just eye-wide, it eye-opening wide, on how much technology there is out there and how much we have yet to utilize in mm-hmm. our ERP systems. And so that's why um, Alan Kay's wor- words of wisdom really just kind of resonated with me. It does put a lighthearted spin on things, of course, but at the end of the day, and in the meat around it is, you know, there's always a natural inclination to kind of recoil from new technology. But at the end of the day, technology is is not going away just because your definition of technology is a little bit different than those maybe 20, 30 years your senior or 20, 30 years your junior um, doesn't make it any less that important.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you added 20, 30 years your junior. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Thank you, Tion. Great quote. I had not heard that one in a while from Alan Kay, so I appreciate that. Good choice. Thank you so much. One stop around the table, let's finish the quote portion of the show. Ryan McWhorter has sent us a quote from the one and only Walter Disney. It was Walter Elias Disney, 1901 to 1966. He died kind of young. American entrepreneur, animator, voice actor. I don't know if people know that. And a film producer. He was a pioneer in the American animation industry. Mickey Mouse. House. As a film producer, Disney holds the record for the most Academy Awards earned by any individual, having won 22 Oscars from 59 nominations, and several of his movies are included in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Here's the quote. Love this one, Ryan. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Go ahead, Ryan. How does this apply to keeping risk managers from staying up all night worrying? Talk to me. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's so easy for a lot of us, myself included, to, to confuse noise with progress, right? And, um, you know, I, I also have three boys, and my, my wife and I are always trying to coach them that, you know, you, you don't need to start as an expert doing something, just get started. Um, and, you know, in, in thinking about the business world, um, a, lot of the de- a lot of the decisions that companies make Um, especially when you're signing a contract, those are fixed decisions. So you should probably overthink a lot of those decisions. Uh, When it comes to the kinetic enterprise, it's an evolution. And so really the risk and the opportunity cost is in not starting. So the faster you start your journey, the quicker you're going to reach that exponential value that most of our companies um, that we're working with are really aiming for.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the the family backgrounds on several of you. It's it's good to know. We just wanna be real people here. Thank you. Great quotes, all four of you. Appreciate that so much. We are going to skip the break because I feel the momentum is so good with our panelists that I don't wanna I don't wanna get away from this even for 90 seconds. So panelists forgive me. We're gonna go straight through having a really good conversation here. We're in the roundtable portion of the show and keshavon Thuppel has sent me the following statement. Here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna read a little bit from from one of your statements, Keshevan, I think you know which one, and ask you to expand it for about two and a half minutes. We're not timing you, we're clocking you, but keep it to that time frame so we get everybody in. And then I'll go around the table once and ask everybody to chime in with their thoughts, agree or disagree, or anything they want to add. Then I'll pick a statement from uh, Kevin Heckle is next, and then one from Tian and one from Ryan. And we'll go around the table and maybe we'll get a couple of statements from each of you in, but let's see where we go. So Keshevan told me the following in his notes before the show. With technologies evolving, treasurers now go beyond treasury management solutions to optimize efficiency and effectiveness of their functions. Solutions such as RPA, which I mentioned in my opening, robotic process automation, advanced analytics and machine learning are becoming more and more prevalent. Keshevar, let's have some details around this, please.
2: Absolutely. So if you look back, traditionally, the focus of the treasury group and the treasurer was on either partial are full automation focused on reducing manual work and the processing code transaction and provide just target transactional reporting. But these approaches have limited capabilities to process high volume data, unstructured data, build predictive models and to provide analytical insights. That's a big challenge. And also these approaches does not help in translating the efforts that saved into value added tasks our cost savings are increasing the return on investments. And as a result, the perception of senior leadership is that Treasury is a cost center and not a profit center, seen as a team performing tactical support work and not a value added or a strategic group, right? Mm -hmm. And also, apart from the insights that we gained through by serving our clients in the marketplace at Deloitte, we do a treasury survey on a biannual basis where we connect with around 250 plus clients across the globe and do some extensive interviews and study of their treasury functions, their objectives. And what we observe is that corporate treasury of late is focusing more and more on into areas such as driving MA decisions, working capital improvements, ensuring liquidity at a lower cost trying to become a strategic partner to the business and the CFO organization. And also we see that they are investing to be more digital with the RPS, machine learning and being more analytical. Basically take the robot out of the human by leveraging new and disruptive technologies to increase automation, reduce risk. As an example, robotic process automation is already complementing the core systems, whether it's a treasury management system or ERP driven SAP solutions. It's complementing by automating the processes and the data sourcing, generating analytical reporting, which are otherwise traditionally performed by people resulting in a greater treasury efficiency and effectiveness, right? Mm And also it's focused on deriving the following business benefits, right? It helps 20 to 30% reduction in manual effort. At the same time, it eliminates 80 to 90% of errors caused by manual work. It helps shifting focus from data and report creation to do more reporting analysis by 50 to 60%. Increased capacity; it increases capacity. Rather having folks doing a very tactical stuff by doing these automations, it frees up capacity 30 to 40 percent, which could be spent on more strategic activities Mm -hmm. and also machine learning and predictive modeling to to provide greater level of insights. And some of the use cases that I see more and more corporates are opting with machine learning are around banking relationship analytics, account compliance, market risk, credit risk, payment risk, payment frauds, preventing payment frauds, working capital analytics, capital structure, allocation analytics. So more and more corporates by enabling technologies, adopting RPAs, machine learning, try to free up their time, try to move from being tactical, go up in the maturity model to being more strategic, right? To summarize at Deloitte, we offer treasury transformation and process improvements by, by implement, implementing SAP treasury solutions and have series of tools and accelerators within Kinetic Enterprise to support our treasury engagements and bring value to
1: the client. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I was interested when you talked about the survey. Let's go around the table and get some comments here. Kevin Heckel, you're sitting next to Keshevan. Thoughts? Agree, disagree? Anything you'd like to add?
3: Um, I, I absolutely agree. And, I, you know, from my cyber lens, I think of, you know, this from two two components really to how we're utilizing the technology um, in the kinetic enterprise. And, and first and foremost, it's really enabling a quicker adoption. So, you know, using RPA, using some of the tools and technologies that are out there to expedite The implementation and and get the return on and lower the cost of the implementation lower the timeline so that the client realizes the value of the solution quicker. Um, And then secondly, I I go to uh, sort of how do we advance that cyber-specific. And I think, you know, in the kinetic enterprise, maybe I'm biased, but the number one area that that needs to stay kinetic and needs to stay agile and moving is cyber. You know, the the threats are changing all the time. The technologies are changing all the time. So to stay current with that environment and, and challenge your organization to do so. You know, it's leading to some solutions that we're driving in the market that really make a difference. Similar to the examples, Keishavine gave, but really taking a risk management lens and a a compliance lens of that, you know, if we think back four or five, maybe a a little bit longer, the thrust was lower cost of compliance. And we were doing that through streamlining. Okay, you do this for NERC SIP and you do it for SOC. Maybe you do one thing and and you take double credit. You know, maybe we streamline and we test a little quicker this year because we're a little bit better at it, you know. We look at risks across the organization based on a risk assessment that was done probably a year ago and maybe we refined it a little bit, but we weight those risks based on that and we, we do some sampling and we try to figure out where the problem is. The reality is in today's market, using machine learning, using RPA, uh, using AI, we're able to train solutions. We have, you know, market leading solutions that utilize those technologies to not just sample, but really look through all the data identify the anomalies, weight the anomalies, alert you to them, and then based on your action, learn from that dynamic. So the next time it reports it, it gets you a better reliable answer. So it's taking a lot of that time, a lot of that analysis that used to sort of be spot checking and sort of trim around the edges and really moving that in a kinetic way to value to the organization immediately through identifying those issues But then, as Keshavan said, also freeing up the humans that used to do that testing to do more value-added things as well. So not only are you lowering your cost uh, to identify those, making it more reliable, but you're also able to do more, adopt more, and stay more agile because you have more ability within your human resources as well.
1: Thank you, Kevin. I'm looking at your notes. I was going to talk about uh, cyber risk. That was in your notes, but we'll, we'll skip that one because you addressed it. But you use an analogy of the campers running from the bear. And you say you don't have to be the fastest camper, but you don't want to be the slowest. We'll just let that sit on the table. Thank you, Kevin. Tian Huang, you're around the table. Let's talk with you a little bit about what Keshavan introduced and or what Kevin Heckel added. Go ahead. Yes, yeah,
4: thank you. Um, I myself also wholeheartedly agree with their statements. Um, And so, you know, coming from my commodity management lens, um, I think about just, you know, how the traditional um, commodity management technologies are looking to evolve. So there's this, you know, kind of running story, running joke about, you know, how traders are just always on the golf course making deals, and they can be quite siloed in um, their day-to-day activities from the rest of the organization. But really, uh, that you know, that joke as as comical as it is, you know, it is changing. What we are seeing in many of our clients is the need and the frankly appetite to try to bridge some of the back end office activities. You know, think of your accounting. Um, think mm-hmm. of your. I heard compliance in there from Kevin. So think about you know some of the government regulations um, and really trying to expose and make better use and streamline those activities all the way from the beginning of when that trader is making that phone call, making that deal, even if they are already still at the golf course. So I really appreciated uh, Kevin's sentiment about, you know, how do we analyze data? Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned, um, you know, as I heard be- before, you know, we want our Folks doing those value activities, not necessarily, you know, deep in the weeds system testing, and those technologies, the machine learning, those those have the capability to do that, to do that heavy lifting for you. But of course, um, you know, we still have a little bit of work to do in order to get some of our core user base in that same mindset. Thank you, Tian. Great comments.
1: Ryan McWhorter, join us, please. Thoughts on the topic on the table. Go ahead yeah
5: I mean, Bonnie I just i I think it's such an interesting time to be working in this space um, where you know really with the kinetic enterprise, we talk a lot about having a clean core. and then what you see around it, and keshavon was was mentioning this that you know around it you have these proliferation of microservices and exponential technologies that complement the clean core. And um, really, what we're seeing in the marketplace is, the technologies are moving much faster than companies are able to understand how to use a lot of these framework technologies and developing use cases and really adopt them for their business. Um, and so, you know, what we're seeing from a, from a controllership perspective is, you know, if you think about um, accounting standards adoption or really sharpening the master data foundation Uh, within finance applications, or, you know, having a business insight driven organization, these exponential technologies are moving the needle in those areas dramatically. And what that's doing to the controllership function is it's really changing accountants uh, from being stewards and operators of the organization to accounting being an insight driven organization and really being a true business partner.
1: That's the goal. And you know what, Ryan? We talk about that on my series, Financial Excellence with Game Changers, my SAP series yeah. about moving accounting, as I like to say, out of the basement with the green eye shades and the banker's lamp, <laughs> you know, and and the spreadsheets, forgive me, up up into becoming leaders in the business, having the insight and the foresight and the future vision through the technology that's finally getting them to stop being laggards and getting them to start being leaders. We'll just leave that one on the table. Thank you. You reminded me of that. Keshavan. Wonderful opening exactly to the right. roundtable. Thank you for a great topic. And I'm going to move around to Kevin Heckel. Kevin, we've already talked a little bit about cyber. I know that's, that's a lot of your focus, but I'm looking at your statement number three here. I'll read a little bit and ask you to expand it. I'd like to go here. You say, today we are harnessing the power of the data through data lakes and analytics, but just starting on the path of what a connected system to your enterprise solutions can do for cyber risks. Imagine the power of correlating events related to your most valuable asset, talking about ERP, to intrusion detection or contextualizing risk with location and user type and additional use cases limited only by implementation and creativity in your tech deployment. That sounds very powerful and like it would keep the risk management leaders from having nightmares and actually looking forward to going to work. Am I right, Kevin? Please tell us more.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think, you know, it's, it's interesting, in our intros, you asked us about passion, and, and I think this is what keeps me energized. This is what keeps me go- going. You know, it's not about building roles and, you know, a few controls for compliance anymore. It's about what can we do as an enterprise? What and, and the kinetic enterprise is really about continuing to stay agile, so continuing that challenge to yourself, and, you know, I grew up in the days where, as I alluded to in my intro, where you pretty much set up roles to allow people access and, and limit them for a few sensitive things. That's, that's yesterday. Now, with the ERPs, you know, moving to the cloud, you know, with code scanning and vulnerability scanning at new levels that we hadn't seen previous you know at the interconnectivity of these things between you know sap and Splunk with their two-way connector they announced recently whatever whatever that solution is the art of the possible is now open to us and and we're really being challenged to think differently and and i find it exciting to sit with our young professionals you know i uh i I enjoyed team's intro because I, I, it didn't even hit me really that they don't even know what that floppy drive is. So they're not limited by some of the same old school thoughts that, the, uh, that I or my generation are. So it's an interesting mind meld of what is possible out there and the technology that underpins it and makes us available is truly exciting. I mean, you know, we're looking at the example in, in the statement you read was contextualizing, contextualizing some of the data. Think of all the power. Of the data that you have in ERP, from a for us from a cyber perspective or a risk and compliance perspective, now instead of you know just reporting from the SIM tool that you've got something out of patch or you know uh, a, a vulnerability that that is trying to be exploited somehow, you can contextualize that. You can identify where in the organization is happening. What type? Is it a vendor? Is it a third party in our system? Is it an employee? You know h- how in the organization? You know it's the power is really. Uh, at the whiteboard right now to identify how do we move these things forward? How do we utilize this technology and really drive difference in the organization? It's, it's a truly exciting time. I believe we're, we've got some innovative things on there, but we're really at the cusp of what the art of the possible is. And I think that's the power of the Kinetic Enterprise to drive that and stay agile and keep moving forward.
1: I love the optimism and forward motion in your voice, Kevin Heckel. That's the energy we're looking for. Tian Zhuang, please join us. Thoughts on what Kevin just shared? Let's go around the table briefly. Go ahead.
4: Yep, absolutely. And um, one thing that kind of that that Kevin said that kind of pin, you know, uh, called out to me was, you know, the term t- the term agile. You know, it is a term that we hear all the time, especially uh, in today's economy and today's changing market. And and one thing that's that's I I do get questions about is, you know, is agile safe? You know, we have this perception that agile means fast, but agile, again, does not mean vulnerable to cyber risks. Um, And so when Kevin mentioned, you know, agile and, you know, its capabilities for um, quick implementations and its capabilities for consuming large quantities of data, we always kind of have to remind ourselves and our clients that, you know, just because we do it quick doesn't mean we're not going to do it the right way. Um, and so one one item that that always just kind of gets at me is, you know, in today's marketplace, especially when you think about the last couple of days and the last couple of weeks and how the market has just been so volatile lately, you really want to make sure that you have all of this information, you have uh, these humongous data lakes. But you want to make sure that you're actually put you're putting yourself in a position where you can act on it. So uh, you know, all of these new technologies they have that capability that simply a human can't do. But it is up to that human to kind of take that information, trust in that information, and act on it themselves. Um, I think we're seeing that more and more, especially in the last few in the last few days.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely interesting. That was a statement I was going to ask you to talk about, John, when we got around you. So I'm glad you brought that up. And you said there's a saying, you either drive the bus, miss the bus, or get run over by the bus. Thank you very <laughs> much. That is surely a reality check today. You just close your eyes and wait. I don't know when it's going to get, going to stabilize. Ryan McWhorter, we'd love to have you join the conversation. Very lively around the table. Go ahead, Ryan.
5: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think you know. I mean, I've I've seen and heard of a lot of companies create data lakes, and um, certainly creating a data lake is, is is a great accomplishment that should be celebrated. Um, but you know, it's it's really the beginning of the journey, not the end. Um, and in in my experience, organizations don't want any data at any time. That's not the goal. The goal is to get the right trusted information to make the right decisions at the speed of business, whatever that speed is. And those are, those are very different things. And so um, you know, what we see a lot of companies doing is really starting with the end in mind to say, you know, let's journey map this and figure out you know, what business decisions do we need to make, um, what accounting and financial information do we need to make those decisions, and then, how do we make sure that we've got, um, you know, data structured and governed, and have a risk management program around that data lake to be able to 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 support those business decisions?
1: Thank you very much. Let's go one more stop around the table. Keshavan, join us, please. Keshavan Thuppel, thoughts?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. On um, what Kevin said, what ticks my attention is just trying to connect the dots on cyber and treasury and the common theme of risk. Especially when it comes to controls and compliance, it's it's one of the high-touch area, and uh, especially around when it comes to controls around the payments processing, fraud pre, fraud prevention, and establishing controls around it. I, I just completely agree with wha- uh, what uh, Kevin said, and uh, especially around the, the power of data. Colla- Correlating the chain of events, end-to-end processing, you know, and so on. I I, I think I'm completely on board with that.
1: Thank you very much, Kevin Heckel. Good topic around the table, John. I'm at your level, uh, your statements here, and you've already talked about. Uh, yes, we talked about the bus. We don't want to get run over, <laughs> rolled over, or left behind. I'm going to go to your statement number four, John. I think this would be a good place to bring it in. You say technology is shifting from being more reactive. To being proactive. Previously, tech was fit for purpose to meet standards and maintain minimum compliance, but now attempting to solve for and anticipate problems in the future. Oh, there's that word, the future. Go ahead, John, tell us how this relates to tech for risk management. What are we looking at?
4: Yep, absolutely. So I, uh, I actually came up with this because of a previous conversation that I had not too recent, not too far back from a client. And and, you know, the, again, the, the previous traditional reasons for implementing some of these uh, ERP systems and risk management platforms was, oh, you know, we've got this technology that is uh, 20, 30, I'll use a 20, 30-year-old time frame, but 20, 30 year, years old, it's antiquated, we can't, ha- we can't find anybody that can maintain it, that has the skill set, it doesn't exist, and also, by the way, you know, insert expletive here, the government wants us to now report on XYZ. And, it, and every time they come up with this request, it just takes us terribly long for us to be able to actually meet that requirement. And so that was kind of the traditional approach of, you know, why do we need to upgrade? It was very much a kind of drag your heels activity. I don't want to, but I have to. Yep. But now what we're seeing is, and I just had, you know, a conversation with them, is, well, I anticipate that we're going to have new initiatives coming up. And some of those initiatives may not be, you know, five years in the making. In fact, they may not even be, you know, close to 10 years in the making. But we do see a shift in the marketplace. know, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, some of the agriculture experience and sustainability is kind of is a, is a, is a theme that we are seeing across the board. And so, yes, your traditional ERP and technology implications may not have been built for the purpose of, you know, sustainability and future and, you know, how an ERP can kind of streamline those initiatives, but we are even seeing our clients coming to us saying, okay, how do I, I don't need to solve the problem now, I need to solve the problem that I may have in 10, 20 years.
1: Thank you very much. Tian, you just made me curious. I, I know I know the meaning of the word initiative, but I just Googled it. An interesting definition here. The power or opportunity to act or take charge before others do. There you go. Good good points all. Let's quickly go around the table. We're looking at a clock here. We've got about 11 minutes left till the close of the show. So Ryan McWhorter, why don't you talk, please, uh, talk to me about Tian's statement. Agree, disagree, or anything you'd like to add? I
5: agree. I mean, th- and this, this goes to what I was talking about earlier a little bit, that, you know, a lot of these new innovative technologies are, are really frameworks. And, and I think it's important for companies to lean in and not say, how should I, um, how should I use these? Um, because, because it's oftentimes not going to be a, a, a prescriptive uh, formula. Oftentimes, it's going to be companies saying, I've got a business issue, and I need to solve this business issue and then finding the technology that can support that that resolution, so yeah i mean I, th- I think being proactive is 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 definitely the the future here
1: Thank you, good point. Keshavan, join us, please briefly. What's your thought?
2: Yeah, I do work a lot with the commodity teams as well and our treasury risk service is completely integrated with commodities, commodity hedging, commodities exposure, commodities analysis and all that. I completely agree with what Tiano is saying, right? Um, reactive versus proactiveness, engaging new technologies like the RPAs and the machine learnings to collate data, to providing trend analysis an example, You know, to analyze the exposure data, bringing in some market variables, right? Market data sources and bringing in some scenarios and coming up with what could happen in the future and trying to react to those scenarios and situations proactively, rather waiting for things to happen and then react. So I completely agree with her statement to be being more proactive than reactive.
1: Thank you very much. Kevin Heckle, love to get your thoughts before I move on. I've got a statement from Ryan McWhorter I want to bring up before we close. So go ahead. Kevin Heckle, thoughts on Tian's statement, please.
3: Sure, I'll be very brief. I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I think if you just look at what's happening in the retail industry, it, it illustrates that. I mean, the, the technology adopters are moving well beyond, and the big box stores continue to announce closures. So I think it's it's critically important to embrace and adopt technology in today's world.
1: That's right. How many of us have become armchair shoppers, right? Digital shoppers. I know there are certain things I'm not carrying home from the grocery store or or going to a department store, what we used to call a department store, a retailer for clothing or housewares. I can get everything. Every Everything has changed. The model of buying has changed. Thank you. Tian, great statement around the table there. Good conversation. Ryan McWhorter, I picked one here that fascinates me. Let me read a little. It's your statement number two. And we have time to go around the table briefly on this. So you say you... Uh, of artificial intelligence will increase in coordination with related governance and risk management. And you say AI brings together available historical information and current information to paint a picture. Uh, And the the, the final statement in this final sentence is, as confidence in financial reporting renderings grow, so will the use of AI, artificial intelligence. Tell us a little bit more, please, Ryan.
5: Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, if if you just kind of think about accounting and financials, um, you know, really that's just a projection of business activity. Um, it, the, the, the purpose of accounting and finance is, is not to create anything net new, it's just to project what's already happening within the business, right? And so if you, if you think about machine learning and artificial intelligence, by definition, um, a lot of what those algorithms are doing is they're taking historical data and knowledge, and projecting what what might be happening today or in the future based on what's happened in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so we have algorithms today that can do that. We can look at business data, business events, um, information that's uh, you know operational and business information within our our ERP technologies and within those data lakes that we were talking about earlier. Mm
0: -hmm. And we can
5: come up with some rendering of our accounting and financial information. Um, However, you know, being able to actually trust that rendering and making sure it's materially accurate and to make Mm -hmm. sure that it's, you know, accurate enough to make business decisions off of and, you know, who knows, maybe eventually um, even investors making decisions off of You know, that's really something that's a a slow journey that I would say, you know, enterprises are are currently on that journey today. Um, But, you know, really, I think, um, you know, all the AI capabilities are there. And really, it's about, you know, risk management, trust, controls, and governance. And I think those are really the keys to unlocking the technology versus the technology itself.
1: Thank you very much. Good statement. We have brief time for about 60 seconds each to comment around the table. Keshavan, you're sitting next to Ryan McWhorter. Please add your thoughts. What do you think?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, at a big picture level, I see Treasury being a subset of finance. And I completely agree with what Ryan was saying. I think I alluded to the same points when I was speaking for Treasury as well for commodities. Mm -hmm. So I'm completely on board with that statement.
1: Thank you very much. Kevin Heckel. thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I'll spin this to cyber
3: and and, and reverse nice. it. You know, when, when we talk about sort of AI and the advancements, I think, you know, if you think about the threats that we face, let's not lose track of the fact that they also have technology. You know, we've gone from, you know, uh emails seeking lottery winnings claims to, you know, calls from, you know, your home warranty or your car warranty being extended to being sued. I actually got a call and I'm sure others have earlier this week uh, and it was it was actually a chat box, chat bot utilized to try to act like he was my son and he was injured and he needed money. So, oh, yeah. um, so it, it, look, I think it's important to realize, you know, through the adoption of technology, our adversaries are getting better as well. They have the same tools. So, you know, it goes back to the passion and it goes back to some of the statements I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, the excitement of the opportunity. But let's also not lose sight of the fact, that at least from a cyber realm, the adversaries are getting more complex too and using these things. So if we're not using AI, if we're not using, you know, RPA and some of these machine uh, capabilities, are we falling behind the adversary? And it's, it's a great challenge and an interesting quandary in time we're in.
1: And that's a topic all on its own, worthy of hours of conversation, because it's fascinating. Thank you, John Wang. Please join us on this part of the conversation. I'm not sure we'll have time for predictions, because we're running tight. But John, what are your thoughts about what Ryan McWhorter just introduced and the others shared? Go ahead, please.
4: Oh, yeah. No, thank you for asking. That's a great topic. Um, I, I mean, is you know, it kind of goes back to that that saying of, you either drive the bus, get on the bus, or get run over the bus. I think there is this realization and this appetite to know that you don't always have to be the one driving the bus, but you at least want to be on the bus, making sure that you're aware of the information, especially um, to what uh, Kevin had mentioned before about, you know, how our adversaries are also utilizing the same position. And you just you just don't want to be in that position where you're in the third category of being run over by the bus.
1: Thank you very much. Nope, we don't want that bus running over anybody. I'm going to ask a quick question around the table, and all I want is a yes or no answer and one sentence. Let's see if we can squeeze this in. Keshevan, we'll start with you. Is risk management going to stop keeping organizations' leaders awake at night and worrying all day long, given all of the tech we've discussed today, all of the proactivity, all of the thought leadership you've all shared? What do you think? by, Let's say by 2021, let's go really short term, Keshevan, will they be sleeping better at night, yes or no, In one sentence to explain. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think being proactive, I think they can sleep well at night. By adopting the right technology, putting right solutions, there is an answer.
1: Thank you. Kevin Heckle, yes or no, one sentence. Uh,
2: I would say maybe,
3: I think the challenge gets to be, can we shift it from a fear to an optimism that they're doing enough?
4: Ooh, very powerful. Qian Huang, go ahead. Oh gosh, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. So my, my answer would have to be the no, because just as new technologies is evolving to, you know, mitigate those risks, there's also mm. new technologies that will pop up that will have to, that will just be a new risk. I like a reality check. Thank you, Ryan McWhorter. You get to do the
1: last word. What do you think? Yes or no in one sentence?
5: <laughs> I would say yes, they're going to they're gonna sleep better from a the world is falling down perspective. Um, but I would say no, they're not going to sleep better when it comes to the risk of, of, of not capturing all of the value that they could be capturing.
1: There you go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate it. Thank you to my wonderful panelists. You really embraced the conversational format. I was so excited. And to our listeners, we did this call using the technology of Zoom to get all of our panelists on board. This is a first for all of my radio shows. And I, I'm very, very excited and grateful for everybody doing that. Kesha Von Thuppel, thank you so much. Kevin Heckel, great to have you back. Tian Huang, pleasure to meet you. Kevin Ryan McWhorter also, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to the Deloitte sponsor team who put this together. Malia Aguilar, you really rock this one. Carla Neal-Slaven, thank you so much. Helen Thomas, and good news, Deloitte has renewed this series for the rest of 2020. We've got so much more to share with you. And a thank you also to my engineer with nerves of steel, Aaron Keller, at World Talk Radio Voice America Business Channel. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, signing off for the Deloitte Kinetic Enterprise Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.